My name is Stephen Sindoni. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Legends of Mount Shasta. In our broadcast today, we will discuss Unveil Mysteries, published by the St. Germain Press in 1934. The book contains the author Godfrey Ray King, also known as Guy Ballard's Revelations, which began on the slopes of Mount Shasta. These experiences describe the late Guy Ballard's spirituality, enlightened, introduction into the Brotherhood of Mount Shasta, a branch of the Great White Lodge. These excerpts are from an Emily A. Frank book entitled Mount Shasta, California's Mystic Mountain. The following is Guy Ballard's most unusual experience exactly as he wrote it. Mount Shasta stood out boldly against the western sky, surrounded at its base by a growth of pine and fir trees that made it look like a jewel of diamond shining whiteness held in a filigree setting of green. Its snow-covered peak glistened and changed color from moment to moment as the shadows lengthened in the sun's descent toward the horizon. Rumors said there was a group of men, divine men in fact, called the Brotherhood of Mount Shasta, who formed a branch of the Great White Lodge and that this focus from very ancient times had continued unbroken to the present day. I had been sent on government business to a little town situated at the foot of the mountain, and while thus engaged, occupied my leisure time trying to unravel this rumor concerning the Brotherhood. I knew, through travels in the Far East, that most rumors, myths, and legends have, somewhere in their origin, a deep underlying truth that usually remains unrecognized by all but those who are real students of life. I fell in love with Shasta, and each morning almost involuntarily saluted the spirit of the mountain and the members of the order. I sensed something very unusual about the entire locality, and, in the light of the experiences that followed, I do not wonder that some of them cast their shadow before. Long hikes on the trail had become my habit whenever I wanted to think things out, and be alone and make decisions of serious import. Here, on the great giant of nature, I found recreation, inspiration, and peace that soothed my soul and invigorated mind and body. I had planned such a hike for pleasure as I thought to spend some time deep in the heart of the mountain when the following experience changed my life so completely that I could almost believe I was on another planet but for my return to the usual routine in which I had been engaged for months. The morning in question I started out at daybreak, deciding to follow where fancy led and in a vague sort of way asked God to direct my path. By noon I had climbed high up on the side of the mountain where the view to the south was beautiful as a dream. As the day advanced it grew very warm and I stopped frequently to rest and to enjoy to the full the remarkable stretch of country around the McLeod River, valley, and town. It came time for lunch and I sought a mountain spring for clear cold water. Cup in hand, I bent down to fill it when an electrical current passed through my body from head to foot. I looked around and directly behind me stood a young man who at first glance seemed to be someone on a hike like myself. I looked more closely and realized immediately that he was no ordinary person. As this first thought passed through my mind, he smiled and addressed me, saying, My brother, if you hand me your cup, 
I will give you a more refreshing drink than spring water. I obeyed, and instantly the cup was filled with a creamy liquid. Handing it back to me, he said, Drink it. I did so, and must have looked astonished. The taste was delicious, but the electrical vivifying effect in my mind and body made me gasp with surprise. I did not see him put anything into the cup, and I wondered how it happened. That which you drank, he explained, comes directly from the universal supply, pure and vivifying as life itself. In fact, it is life, omnipresent life, for it exists everywhere about us. It is a subject to our conscious control and direction, willing obedient when we love enough, because all the universe obeys the behest of love. Whatsoever I desire manifests itself when I command in love. I held out the cup, and that which I desired for you appeared. See, I have but to hold out my hand, and if I wish to use gold, gold is here. Instantly, there lay in his palm a disc about the size of a ten-dollar gold piece. Again, he continued, I see within you a certain inner understanding of the great law, but you are not outwardly aware of it, enough to produce that which you desired, direct from the omnipresent universal supply. You have desired to see something of this kind so intensely, so honestly, and so determinedly, it could not longer be withheld from you. If your desire had not been free from selfishness and the fascination of phenomena, such an experience could not have come to you. When leaving home this morning, you thought you were coming on a hike, that is, so far as the outer activity of your mind was concerned. In the deeper, larger sense, you were really following the urge of your inner God-Self that led to the person, place, and condition wherein your intense desire could be fulfilled. The truth of life is, you cannot desire that which is not possible of manifestation somewhere in the universe. The more intense the feeling within the desire, the more quickly it will be attained. However, if one be foolish enough to desire something that will injure another of God's children or any other part of his creation, then that person will pay the penalty in discord and failure somewhere in his own life's experience. It is very important to realize fully that God's intent for every one of his children is abundance of every good and perfect thing. He created perfection and endowed his children with exactly the same power. They can create and maintain perfection also and express God dominion over the earth and all that is therein. Mankind was originally created in the image and likeness of God. The only reason all do not manifest dominion is because they do not use their divine authority, that which each individual is endowed and by which he is intended to govern his world. Thus, they are not obeying the law of love by pouring out peace and blessings to all creation. Love and praise of the great self within and the attention maintained focused upon truth, health, freedom, peace, supply, or any other thing that you may desire for right use, persistently held in your subconscious thought and feeling will bring them into your use and world as surely as there is a great law of magnetic attraction in the universe. The eternal law of life is, what you think and feel, you bring into form. 
Where your thought is there, you are. For you are your consciousness, and what you meditate upon, you become. As I contemplated the wonderful privilege and blessing that had come to me, I heard a twig crack, and I looked around, expecting to see him. Imagine my surprise, when not fifty feet away I saw a panther slowly approaching. Then came the thought that one part of God could not harm another part. I was conscious of this fact only. A feeling of love swept over me and went out like a ray of light directly to the panther, and with it went my fear. I reached down and stroked the soft head. I suddenly looked up. St. Germain stood beside me. St. Germain then said, My son, I saw the great strength within you, or I would not have permitted so great a test. You have conquered fear. My congratulations. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast of Unveiled Mysteries.